Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to episode 42 of the Brewing Out of Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man myth, and always the legend, Aaron Riley. Aaron, fantastic to be back with you, my friend. I know for the listeners tuning in right now, it's been a little bit. It's been a minute. Uh, but it's the offseason, you know, for, for NFL-wise. We know uh, we might have uh, missed the bag a little bit on the beginning of the MLB season, the continuation of the NBA and NHL season. But uh, Certainly is a lull in, in the sports calendar, but uh, nonetheless, after a brief uh, vacation, if you will, the boys are back. But Aaron, how are we feeling? Back, back and refreshed. You know, uh, anybody that, that's still listening, listening and uh, hanging with us, I do appreciate it. It's just uh, obviously this isn't our full time gig quite yet, so we're just trying to pick yeah, up the yeah. pieces as we as we go. But uh, yeah, definitely excited to be back, and and really all the sports are going, so it's it's going to be an exciting show for uh, for the two of us here. It's funny now that I think about it. It was about a year ago. I don't know if it was to the date. I'm going to have to go back in my files and, and dig around <laughs> to see when the actual one-year anniversary was of the Brutally Honest Sports podcast. But I do remember us being in the thick of NFL free agency, NFL draft stuff. Uh, I remember the the sports world was kind of on pause, so we were rehashing the Last Dance documentary and things like that. So we are coming up on just about uh, the one-year anniversary of of the inauguration uh, inaugural, I should say, episode of, of this podcast. So certainly excited to continue to do this one year later, and uh, hopefully we can get get on a more consistent basis for you as we kind of roll on into into the warmer weather for sure. Hey, you know, everybody starts somewhere, and, and we're just, you know, we're rolling with the punches as, as we always do on this show. Um, you know, we don't have the Pat McAfee set up quite yet, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Pat, Pat McAfee. Yeah, I, 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 I'll have words for Pat McAfee once we get to his level, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, dope. Aaron, Aaron has some good some good stuff. He's been uh, keeping track of the MLB and the NBA. I have been pretty heavy uh, NHL focus right now. My Rangers are in the thick of a playoff race right now. Uh, it's not looking go. likely, but it's still a fun, young, exciting team to watch nonetheless. But Aaron, let's uh, – Let's start off with the MLB. We'll kind of do an around the league type thing since it kicked off about a couple of weeks ago, and and we'll see where the wind takes us as per usual. Yeah, it's been uh been pretty exciting uh, start of the MLB season. I mean, there's been some drama. Uh, I know the there was a Mets game where the guy kind of leaned into a pitch, yeah. and uh, it was a walk off like hit by pitch. But I mean, by the rule book, you have to avoid the you know being hit by the pitch. I don't know how the MLB umpire 
doesn't know that in that scenario, especially if like, you know, your common fan knows that, but uh, regardless of that, you know, it's just been, been a lot of crazy things going on uh, at least, you know, from my perspective, uh, watching the, the MLB really my entire life, it's it just, it's a wild start. I mean, there, there was a no hitter thrown by Joe Musgrave uh, of the San Diego Padres first no hitter in, in their team's history. I think he only walked one batter in the, in the game. So very close to a perfect game at that um, grew up just a little side side story. He grew up as a, as a Padres fan uh, rooting for the team and he wears number 44 to honor uh, Jake Peavy, uh, Cy Young w- winning pitcher that they used to play for them, you know, back in the day. Uh, so good for him. Good for the Padres. Um, definitely a team on the rise. I, I figured uh, after the Machado side, excuse me, after the Machado signing after uh, Tatis uh, signed as well, uh, that team is definitely on the rise. I'm not too familiar with their pitching staff, but obviously if they, they have a guy throw a no hitter, uh, he's not a scrub. Uh, so yeah, uh, the Padres, pretty much all the teams in California are actually like red hot. Uh, that including the angels who are seven and four to start the season. Uh, Mike Trout is absolutely just raking every single time he, he gets into the batter's box, um, per usual every single year. Uh, you know, you got the, the giants who are, who are on fire as well. Um, and yeah, the Padres and the, and the Dodgers are, I believe, nine and two. I have here, uh, absolutely on fire. You know, pretty much everybody saw that coming, but at the same time, um, it's hard to stay on top. So we'll see what happens with the uh, with the Dodgers. Um, after being swept by the by the Orioles opening opening weekend, the Red Sox have now uh, have won seven straight and sit at the top of the AL East at seven and three. Um, so kind of weird how that works. The, the Orioles went into Boston, swept the Red Sox, came back to Baltimore and got swept by the Red Sox. So, uh, trading punches there. Uh, obviously the Orioles are my team, but, uh, they're definitely still in a full rebuild of a, of a season. Uh, I like, I like what they're doing to a certain, certain extent. Uh, some of these younger guys look kind of promising if they can stay consistent. That's the, the biggest thing. It's just the pitching once again is, is looking atrocious at, at times and, and disgusting to watch. But, uh, yeah, Red Sox 7-3, Rays, Blue Jays, Orioles, Yankees, all at 5-6 and six right now. Um, that's going to change quite drastically, I would say, throughout the, the entire season. Um, but really, yeah, just the biggest thing, you know, I've, I've watched some Phillies games because I, I get more Phillies games on, on Hulu for whatever reason than, than Orioles games. So I, I have watched them a good bit. Uh, their top three starters look pretty decent so far. Uh, they're one game above 500 and at six and five. Um, but yeah, just, just a general rundown on what's going on in the MLB. Uh, it's definitely been exciting. And, you know, this is the closest we've had to a, a regular season since COVID-19. So, uh, you know, I have enjoyed it up to this point. Yeah, no, it's uh, especially after last year with all the labor negotiations and the league kind of screwing over the players. It, uh, Feels normal again. Um, you're starting to see a lot of fans in the stands. I think the Rangers uh, down in Texas are obviously have a full stadium, which is nuts to see like 40,000 people crowded anywhere, uh, <laughs> much less to be in a, in a compact stadium there. But uh, yeah, it's uh, you mentioned AL East. I, I really haven't been in tune to, to the rest of the league, but I've certainly been paying attention to my Yankees. Uh, you mentioned the Rays, Jays, Orioles, and Yanks are all five and six. Uh if I were you, I, I'd certainly be happy with, uh, with the Orioles' performance so far, especially that first series. Um, 
the uh, one in four record at home looks like they uh, would rather play on the road a bit more than, uh, <laughs> than in Camden Yards. Uh, but no, either way, I think it's been a great start to the season. The Yankees at the basement right now, uh, they're in a, the thick of a series with the Jays. They just lost last night. Uh, pitching has been fantastic. I mean, we have Cole in the one spot, Kluber at the number two. Uh, Herman, uh, coming off that suspension last season is supposed to be good, but I think it'll probably take a couple more starts for him to get his footing down. Uh, Tyone, uh, and Montgomery, uh, kind of in the four or five spot interchangeably. Montgomery has been lights out, but, uh, Tyone's coming off Tommy John surgery, um, and got lit up last night. So, uh, I mean, he hasn't pitched in two years, so you're going to probably take your lumps at the beginning of the season, but, uh, fully expect them to kind of get in line with the Dodgers there and, uh, you know, get in line with, with the win streak coming up here and, and kind of take off. But the bats have been quiet, uh, been quiet a little bit. Judge has been hurt a couple games, but he's back now. So um, I think, I mean, we're 11 games in. I'm certainly not ready to press the panic button on a 162-game season. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's it's exciting. I, you know, always always like to enjoy a nice day uh, or night baseball game um, here and there, maybe get out to a couple games here and there, maybe uh, – when the Orioles take a turn for the worst, the uh, Kennedy Yards tickets will be very cheap, and Aaron and I can get down to a game there. Maybe we get out to Philly, who knows? Or uh, maybe the Barnstormers uh, get us out to a game, who knows, and, and get this podcast a sweep. But uh, nonetheless, always good to have baseball back in our lives. Yeah, no, I think I think you broke down the, the Yankees quite well. I mean, I, I've been watching them a little bit. I, I at least pay attention to them just because they're, they're in the division. Uh, they've been, they've been really trading games with the, with the Jays, like they'll win one and the Jays will get one, like just been back and forth for whatever reason so far. But yeah, my, my biggest fear is, uh, the Yankees lineup catching fire. And, and after that, it's like off to the races because like you mentioned, I mean, Kluber and, uh, and Garrett Cole at the top of that rotation, just those two guys are, are pretty much going to give you a quality start every single time they go out there. Um, so yeah, that, that's concerning, obviously being an Orioles fan, I, I'm just trying to hang in and I just want to see improvement on the team so far. I've seen it just once again, I, I don't know why this team refuses to go after pitching aggressively at least, or, you know, uh, just look at it at a bigger scope because it just always seems overlooked. It always seems like it's an afterthought at this point and, and we have to get better pitching. I, I'd, I'd build a team first with the, with the arms and then try and get the bats, but um, that's kind of what the Marlins are doing right now. I, I know they don't have a winning record at four and six, but almost every single game they've lost has been uh, figured, you know, pretty much close down to the wire type of game uh, for the most part. So uh, I guess Jeter having his influence down there, uh, I do like what they're doing. I wish, uh, you know, if I was running a team, I'd definitely build it the way the Marlins are going about it. Uh you know, the pitching on, on that squad looks looks strong. Other, other than that, just, uh, you know, I know J, J.D. Martinez is absolutely uh, raking as well as far as uh, just home runs, RBIs, batting average, the whole deal. Uh, one one little tidbit, and then we can, we can move on. Uh, actually, of all people, Cedric Mullins, the Orioles center fielder, he, he's been a player that's been up and down, you know, primarily his whole career so far, only 26 years old. He's leading the league in hits, which is absolutely insane just because he struggled mightily in, in the past at the MLB level. So uh, I hope he can continue it. Obviously, he doesn't have to lead the, the league in hits, but that would be awesome. But uh, current leader in hits in the entire league. No, that's crazy. Uh, it's it's good, for, good for him. Good for that squad, though. Um, 
not much great has happened in that organization the past few years, but it seems like they're uh, certainly starting to, to uh, turn the page. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, the only thing, the only other thing I want to mention is uh, the the Astros. Um, <laughs> I feel like they didn't really get their due last year in, in terms of uh, the boos, the boo birds, and, and the fans kind of getting on them. But uh, did see a couple of fans throw some inflatable trash cans into the outfield during their game last week, which is always great to see. So. Uh, anytime we can bash the Astros, whether it be last year, this year, or, or beyond, I'm certainly game for that. Uh, they are sitting six and five. You mentioned earlier the Angels are seven and four, leading that division. Always good to see uh, Mike Trout finally have some success. I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, he's only made the playoffs once uh, yep. in his career, which seems pretty insane considering he's the best player I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, but either way, the Astros at six and five, Mar- Mariners at six and five as well. A's at five and seven. So that division right now is shaping up to be a dogfight. I know we're 11, you know, at some, some teams, 10 games into the season. So uh, very early to, to call this a tight race, um, but either way, it's always good to see that parody. I feel like the majority of, of the league, besides like you mentioned, the Red Sox Dodgers and some other teams are right in the seven and four, you know, six and five, five and six range, which is great to see. There's not really anyone um, pulling away too, too far just as of yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I mean, of, of all the teams, I mean, the, I think the Dodgers have the best record so far. So um, that'll be interesting to see. I know there's been quite a few games that uh, I think the Reds have scored over 12 runs. Um, I know the Pirates got 10 run a couple of times already. So um, definitely a lot, just a lot going on, it seems like. I, I don't know if, if it's just, you know, me overreacting to, to the early season start, but it just seems like every every day or every every night there there's something crazy going on in the league and, and I love to see it it's definitely exciting I anybody that says baseball is boring I, I just I always will have a question with them uh if I'm watching the same sport as them just because it, it's I don't know it's so unpredictable unpredictable to me and, and it's always exciting and there's always something crazy going on so I, I thoroughly enjoy it and I'm glad they're back to a, a fairly normal regular season here no, me too, man. It's 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 America's pastime. So, um, no matter how you kind of feel about the sport, I feel like everyone's always typically tuning into at least the start of the season. It feels like the interest is certainly there this year. But uh, should we go to uh, the NBA now? I'm I'm all for the hardwood. Let's, Let's do it. it. Um, NBA, a uh, couple couple of storylines just to touch on here, and then I'll let Aaron take it away. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Um, our hometown team, either even though neither of us uh, root for the squad, uh, tearing it up 37-17. They sit atop uh, the Eastern Conference in a tie with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, obviously not as much star power as, as the Nets, but I feel like Brooklyn's been completely up and down this season with Kyrie missing some time. KD hadn't really played um, in a month and a half, but came back last week. Uh, Harden has been there kind of holding down the fort. Uh, so interesting. I mean, I think that team will end up finishing first in the East, and, and maybe they play the Knicks if they can squeak in. Maybe they play the Pacers, kind of depending on how that um, eight seed, you know, shakes out. But uh, I, when I when I think of the Nets and I think of KD, Kyrie, and, and Harden, I kind of think of, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen there, especially when it's coming down late. Um, and someone's going to throw up a last second shot. Who's ultimately going to do that? I think each of them would probably anoint themselves as that person. Um, but again, something to, to certainly monitor. I think they'll probably cruise through the rest of the regular season and um, might might face some chemistry issues once we get into the playoffs. But uh, those three players have both been on super teams per se in the past and have ultimately dealt with it. But again, 
Uh, you can make the argument that those three guys have been that t- that person take the shot. Harden's, you know, specifically for sure that guy with Houston. Uh, KD, at least the latter part of his tenure there was was that guy in Golden State, and then Kyrie. You know, remember the big shot from the 2016 Finals. Uh, yep. LeBron, you know, not not a guy that's gonna typically take that shot in the, in the latter fourth quarter parts of the game. So certainly interesting to to watch as we go forward. Uh, the Knicks have, have been certainly a fun team to kind of keep track of um, as a New York sports fan. Uh, I, I kind of have been following them from afar, but I'll let Aaron touch on them a little bit later. But they do sit at 28-27 there um, as, as the eight seed. They have the same winning percentage as the Hornets, but I believe have, have played a couple more games um, than the Hornets have. So um, maybe they, they squeak in a seventh or eight seed, and it'd be nice for them to kind of make the playoffs. And, you know, they're a young, exciting team with uh, – Randall there kind of leading the way and they have that young rookie Emmanuel quickly, quickly out of Kentucky, who has been um, pretty lights out. Um, but as we transition over to the West, Utah jazz uh, 41 and 14, just a, a dynamic regular season team. I don't know if they'll really do much in the playoffs once the LeBrons and the Clippers and, you know, uh, who else the, the trailblazers of the world kind of turn things up, but it's certainly a nice story for now. Uh, but I think the main story, you know, out of out of the West and probably the entire NBA is the Suns um, sitting at 39 and 15. I, I don't even know their record from last year, but I know they missed the playoffs by, or they, they I think they were in the bubble, but um, ended up not really doing much damage and, and made an early bubble exit. So pretty, pretty exciting to kind of see them um, be in that two seed. And uh, maybe because the Lakers are hurt right now, AD and LeBron have been out for, I think the last month, month and a half, specifically talking about Anthony Davis, but um, their reserves are playing pretty well. Schroeder, Harrell, those guys are holding down the fort, Kuzma, um, and they're six and four in their last 10. So it's pretty impressive that they're able to kind of hold a middle of the pack role uh, or record, I should say, with with those guys out. But uh, what what jumps out to you, Aaron? Any teams that are kind of making some noise in, in your mind? Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the West to me is just so much more interesting than, than the East. I mean, the, the West is so deep. I mean, even that, like, the sixth seed is the Trailblazers, and they're, what, uh, eight games over 500. So uh, just amazing how, how good the West is, really it is. And and you bring up the Lakers being six and four in the last ten. That That is especially impressive when, you, when you're talking about hanging in the West and, and playing those good teams basically almost every night. Um, the Jazz, I mean, I know the Jazz are, are a very good squad. They, they shoot the three ball, like, lights out. I think they might – be on pace to like be the best three point shooting squad ever uh, for a regular season. At least they were um, very, very impressive. I don't, I don't know how much I believe in them when it comes to, to the playoffs, they'll have to kind of show me for me to, to really believe in the, in the jazz uh, going, going the whole way or, or going, you know, past the, past the uh, opening round of the playoffs. I just, I always doubt that for whatever reason, I, I'm a big Donovan Mitchell fan. I just, that team doesn't like, exactly inspire confidence in me until uh you know until I see it really so that the Suns uh absolutely on fire the the Suns can score like so many different ways I mean Devin Booker can go off for 40 uh DeAndre Ayton in the paint just eating people alive Chris Paul dishing the rock I mean that that team might might do some damage it'll be definitely interesting to see uh the Clippers have been on fire as well um I think the Clippers getting Rondo is one of those moves where people don't talk about it a, a ton, but I think he, he adds a lot of influence and uh, 
you know, he can really command an offense and, and distribute the, the ball. So Kawhi Leonard and Paul George don't have to dribble it up court and kind of just, you know, find a shot. Now they can kind of run an offense through through Rondo. I think that helps them obviously just move the ball better and, and run a better offense. Um, every year I, I want the Trailblazers to win just for, for Damian Lillard and, and especially Carmelo, but um, it's going to be tough once again going in with all those teams above them and, and just playing in the West is, is just such a, a hard challenge, especially when it comes to playoff time. Uh, really just wrapping up the East, uh, the, the Hawks have been a team that kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, they were playing really bad uh, about a month ago. Uh, I mean, I think they were out of the playoff picture altogether. Now they've, they've climbed the whole way up to the fourth seed currently. Uh, they're seven and three in the last 10. So another team that can shoot the three ball lights out. Uh, Bogdanovich and uh, and Trey Young really are the, are the ones there. But um, the only other thing I'll, I'll mention is, I mean, Philly Philly and the Nets are tied for, for you know, basically tied. Philly is the, the lead, but by record, they're tied. Uh, Boston Celtics have actually turned it on seven and three in the last 10, uh, a team that's been highly disappointing all season long. Uh, but now with, with Jalen Brown back and, and that, that squad forming, uh, you know, getting some chemistry back there with, with everybody in the lineup. Um, you know, that, that team should definitely be better than 29 and 26 regardless. Uh, so we'll see how that shakes out. I'm, I'm a big-time Boston Celtics hater, so I hope they, they crash and burn. But, you know, we'll see come, come playoff time. Phenomenal breakdown. And, yeah, the NBA is heating up. Uh, there was – we were obviously uh, on our little break there for, you know, when the trade deadline happened. But I think there it was a record in terms of amount of transactions that were made for an NBA trade deadline. Um, everyone thought Kyle Lowry was going to leave, you know, Toronto. That that didn't end up happening. Miami, um, you know, kind of was was in on every, every guy, I feel like. Uh, Nuggets made some moves. So – um either and you mentioned rondo earlier so i feel like the nba more than any other sport um you know free agency trade deadline draft whatever whatever you know whatever transaction i guess heavy event there is it's always a spectacle to behold and um this year's trade deadline was certainly no different um and and they use rental players all the time so the movement there was was fascinating to watch but um as the regular season comes to a close uh we'll certainly keep an eye on things and update you a little bit further than what we're seeing, uh, but certainly a lot of action happening in the NBA for sure. All right, Aaron. Uh, I think it, I think it might be that time. Um, do we do we have to go to the NFL now? I hey, I have no hesitation. No no hesitation here. All right. Uh, I think we got to do some cleanup here on a couple of trades. Um, Near and dear to both of our hearts, uh, the Eagles made a nice uh, little draft trade there, and then obviously Sam Darnold former quarterback New York Jets being dealt down to Carolina. But I do think we got to start with the Eagles. We'll, we'll start with uh, the trade, the draft day moves. I think it was, you know, probably a couple weeks ago now, but it was on Zach Wilson's pro day. I was actually watching it on TV because it's probably going to be my next quarterback. Um, seeing how he was doing out of the BYU pro day, it was announced by, by Schefter and Rappaport that the 49ers uh, made a pretty nice deal to move up from number 12. Uh, it's number three with Miami. I believe they surrendered uh, a 2022 first-round pick, a 2023 first-round pick, uh, and a third-round pick next year as well. Uh, we'll talk on them when we kind of get the draft talk. But um, they, they moved to three. Subsequently, Miami moves back to 12 for about half an hour, um, and then it was released via the Eagles' Twitter uh, that the Eagles and Dolphins swap places. So 
Um, Eagles go back to 12. Dolphins back up into the top 10 at number six. And then the Eagles recouped uh, 2022 first-round pick, I believe, and then some other things as well. But uh, how how are we feeling, Aaron? I know uh, Ian Rappaport kind of reported that Howie Roseman was looking to kind of trade up from six to the top three if he was going to be able to take Zach Wilson out of BYU. Um, he realized that the Jaguars and Jets were firm, probably taking Lawrence and, and Wilson there. So um, at that point, if there's no one else on your board, I think it is a smart move to move back um, and recoup some capital and then maybe maybe give Hurts a year to kind of see how he shakes out and revisit the conversation next year when you have your your own first-round pick, you have your first-round pick from the Dolphins, and then you maybe have a first-round pick from the Colts if Carson Wentz plays you know, above that 75% um, snap threshold. So how are you feeling about, about that trade in general and, and sort of your thoughts on, on the first round and how you kind of see it playing out for Philly? Yeah, I, I'm mixed. I'm mixed emotions. I mean, overall, I, I think it was, you know, a decent trade. I'm not going to say I love it, but at the same time, um, you know, gaining a draft pick and obviously, you know, just sliding back a couple of spots. The only problem I have with sliding back is uh, our, the incompetence of, of the uh, Eagles GM to, to draft well. And now you kind of put a little bit more pressure on yourself just because, um, you know, you're not in the top 10 anymore. It's not like uh, a definitive move, like as far as who they're going to draft, it's not set in stone anymore. Uh, not that I'm going to say it was before, but there was probably fewer options. Now it's kind of like opened up to, you know, now you have 11 picks in front of you. It's going to dictate what you're going to do uh, if one of those guys that is on your board gets, gets taken by another squad. So um, I don't hate the pick. I just hope above all else, I just hope at, at number 12 that they, uh, they can capitalize and, and they can make the right, the right pick just because they haven't been able to execute, uh, you know, very well in, in prior seasons. But I think we have like the second most picks this coming season. So, or this coming draft, I'm sorry, but um, yeah, I just, I just hope for, uh, you know, you got to step it up this, this time around when you're, when you're drafting these guys. And uh, I hope they do that. And, and really Howie Rosen's in a position where he needs to do that. Yeah. Uh, Howie's in, in the big chair now, obviously can't blame uh, anything more on, on Doug Peterson and, and kind of the staff there. Uh, it's up to kind of Howie to surround Nick Sirianni with some talent. And I don't know if you heard this story, Aaron, that came out, I think it was yesterday or the day before from the athletic. Um, but apparently your boy, Jeff, Jeff Lurie, the owner of the team likes to grind tape, watch tapes of the senior bowl, watches pro days, grinds on tape throughout the college football season. Uh, pretty in tight with the, with the analytics crowd and gets pretty involved when it comes to draft day moves. And apparently uh, Jalen Rager and a couple of their picks last year were, were right from the big man himself and Jeffrey Lurie. So at this point, I don't even know if you can consider them Howie Roseman moves. I know Roseman and him are, are pretty tight. It seems like Howie's basically a son to him at this point. And for some reason, uh, Howie still has a job. Um, but yeah, very, very interesting to kind of hear that, that come out, obviously as a fan of the team, I'm sure you don't like to hear that. Uh, if I know if I was, the fan of my owner, you know, was watching tape and getting involved in the mix and, and making some draft day moves and just disregarding the rest of the personnel staff, I, I'd be pretty pissed off. Uh, but yeah, interesting to, to kind of see the blowback come out from, from the article. It was a very, very long article, but um, you know, probably right from, from the mouth of Doug Peterson and former Eagles employees, to be honest. So you're only getting one side of the story there. Uh, but it, it is worth kind of monitoring whoever they picked. Does it come from Howie or is it coming from, from the big chair upstairs? We'll certainly uh, keep an eye on it. 
Yeah, no, I, I did hear that as well. Um, see, I, I look at it like if they if they draft well, I don't care if, if Jeffrey Lurie's doing the drafting, if Howie Roseman's doing the draft. As long as they draft well, I would have no problem with it, but obviously they, they haven't drafted well. Um, you know, they passed on Justin Jefferson last last year. He absolutely tore it up with the Vikings. So, um, you know, just it's just disappointing year in and year out that, you know, us not being able to draft well. Uh, you know, always puts us in a hole and, and we're ended up playing with with practice squad guys out there. It's just it's a shame. I, I don't know when when it's going to get better or or if it's going to get better until, you know, they make personnel changes and or, you know, Jeffrey Lurie gives up, uh, you know, his his at least, uh, you know, influence in, in that area. So we'll see what happens. I, I just I hope this is enough to at least put Howie Roseman on the hot seat because I know he's at least part of the problem. Uh, with with some of these moves being made, I'm not going to say all of them, obviously, with, with that news of Jeffrey Lurie coming out. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I just – I'm trying to be optimistic at this point. Uh, it's a new season. Let's just see if we can't, you know, mess it up any worse than, than we have in the past and, and go from there. It's, it's always a new season. Grass is always green on the, on the other side. So, <laughs> I certainly feel the same way with, uh, with my New York Jets. We'll get into – the trade here, I think it was a couple weeks ago now, um, the Jets traded Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they got a second-round pick next year, a fourth-round pick next year, and a sixth-round pick this year for him. Uh, very reminiscent of, of the Josh Rosen draft day trade from a couple of years ago when the Cardinals selected Kyler Murray number one. Um, they ended up trading a second-round pick uh, and a fifth-round pick to the Dolphins for Rosen. So I think the Jets were looking to get a little bit more than that. Um, Sports Illustrated report came out that uh, even even back, you know, in January when the Rams uh, made that trade for Matt Stafford, the Jets at that point um, were getting pretty significant offers for Sam and um, ultimately could have traded him for a lot more. I, I don't know if they were going to end up getting number one pick, but uh, I think they certainly could have gotten a second pick, maybe a third round pick this year um, before the QB carousel kind of shaked out. You obviously at Chicago getting Dalton, um, you had Washington getting uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, obviously the, the Lions got golf, the Rams had Stafford. So kind of before all the, all those moves went down, I think the Jets might have waited a bit too long. But at the same at the same time, I, I really can't fault them. Um, you kind of need to see a guy throw in person um, before you, you want to select somebody. You got to make sure the medicals shake out OK. Um, I don't I don't believe the Jets staff was able to get out to a BYU game this year. So um, while they may love Zach Wilson on tape and love the way he kind of carries himself, um, you know, on the, on the game tape, it, it is worth mentioning. They probably had to see him throw live before ultimately making that decision, but um, a second round pick next year, you know, fourth round pick next year, it, it leaves them with two firsts next year, two seconds next year, two fourths next year, and um, two firsts this year, a second and two thirds. So uh, plenty of draft capital to surround some talent um, around your rookie quarterback. Uh, but does kind of sit, I mean, I know, you know, we've been talking about Darnold leaving the team since like, September at this point when they went 0-4, 0-5. I feel like we've been talking about it since then. So uh, certainly not a new topic on this podcast, but it, it does finally put the whole Sam Darnold situation to bed finally, and we can move on to, to whoever the next guy is because I, I hope for his sake that uh, they do more to surround him with talent than they did for, for Sam, that's for sure. Yeah, um, definitely when I, when I saw the news, first thing I thought was about, you know, how, how's Daniel feel about this trade? I, I think the Jets – came out I mean even though you know they probably could have got more um I'd still be satisfied with it um you know 
I'm 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 on the record. Just I don't. I'm not a Sam Darnold guy. I don't think he's gonna go to Carolina and tear it up either. I just I don't believe in the kid. I just don't. Um, so getting a sixth round this year, second and a fourth next year. I mean that you're you're just adding and adding and adding draft capital, like you said. That that's important. I think Zach Wilson, at least from what I've seen on tape, is impressive. I mean, obviously playing at a smaller school. Um, you know, that's something to think about, but I think the guy has a lot of, a lot of tools. I think he's, I, I just, I don't know. I test, <clears throat> excuse me. The eye test tells me that, that he can play. Um, you know, obviously we'll see at the NFL level, but I, I would have, you know, if I'm a Jets fan, they select him. I, I would at least have, you know, more confidence than, than the Sam Darnold experience. Um, you know, he was last in the, in the NFL in, in QBR last year. Um, so I, I just figure, you, you know, you're not, maybe he'll, he'll blossom into a, a decent quarterback. You know, I, I just, at this point, I don't, I don't see it. Um, Carolina, I don't know what they're going to do with the, with Sam Darnold, if they're going to have open competition with Bridgewater, uh, Bridgewater was 17th in the NFL and QBR last year. So, um, on a team with not a ton of weapons, other, you know, McCaffrey, I think was injured part of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, I, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a scrub by any means. I, I, you know, maybe you give him a quarterback competition, see, see who looks better, see who, you know, shakes out to, to be the better guy. But I, I if I'm them, I, I'm, I'm going with Bridgewater, at least at the, the time being. Um, and, and the Jets getting all this draft capital, especially with, you know, Joe Douglas, I think the guy can, can draft, you know, decently well. I think, um, you know, I think that that team has, is, I'm not going to say on the rise yet, but I think they're, they're making the right moves to be on the rise. At least they're, they're putting forth the, the right pieces in place to, to try and, you know, elevate where they were and, and where they're going. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I've, I've always, I've always said it'd, it'd be tough to get a first rounder for Sam. And um, I, I know Caroline didn't really want to part with many picks this year, but to get a second and a fourth for, for him next year, I think is fantastic. Um I think it's kind of a fleece, to be honest with you. You mentioned he was last in QBR. The guy had nine touchdowns in 12 games um, in a pass-happy league. That's not ideal for your starting quarterback. Uh, the Teddy Bridgewater piece is interesting. I, I do kind of think he's a scrub. I mean, I, I, I do think Darnold's also a scrub as well. Uh, so it's a, kind of the blind lead and the blind there. Um, no one's really seen more tape of, of Darnold than I have, so I, I really have no idea what, what Carolina sees in him. Uh, it is worth mentioning Matt Rule was a finalist for the Jets head coach job before they, for some reason, hired Adam Gase. Um, he actually jumped on a Zoom call with uh, Darnold and talked through kind of his philosophy and has seen a lot of game tape on Sam. So maybe he's holding on to, you know, get, that Gase is such a terrible coach and he can do so much more with him. And I, I do think Darnold's certainly going to be better uh, than he was last year. I think he's going to be better than than winning two games and throwing nine touchdowns in 12. But uh, to be honest, I don't see them winning, you know, nine, 10, 11 games with him. I don't see them getting into the playoffs. It's a really tough division still. They are in the uh, NFC South there um, with the Falcons, uh, you know, with the Saints and with Tampa Bay, obviously, as, as, you know, coming off a Super Bowl champ. So if I'm putting, if I'm kind of placing my bets for, for whether they're, they're going to make the playoffs or not, I, I certainly don't think they will. Um, and they also had to, had to pick up Sam Darnold's fifth year option, which is going to pay him. Uh, around $25 million next season. So this year he's on the hook for about 10 next season or on the hook for about 
25 million combine those at 35 million in two years. Meanwhile, the jets are paying probably 10 million total for two years of a rookie quarterback. Um, so the salary piece, I think certainly makes a lot of sense. Um, in this new system, the jets have in place with the new coach, I think Darnold would have been better. Uh, but to be honest, if your quarterback really isn't going to be top 15, uh, it's probably time to move on no matter how much you like the guy, no matter how much, of a nice guy he is. I think it certainly is time to move on. But again, um, Bridgewater is certainly interesting. Uh, you know, he's probably making, you know, probably 18, 19 upwards of $20 million a season. So are, th- are they going to want to pay, you know, him for next year and, and Sam for next year at the same time? Probably not. Uh, and if you look at Teddy's Tate from last year, from what I've heard, I don't think it was anything magnificent, uh, which is why they were ultimately in the quarterback uh, carousel here. And, um, they, they they did offer uh, a trade package to Detroit for Stafford back a couple months ago. I think they offered as, as much as their eighth pick in the draft, which would have been pretty funny um, seeing Detroit pick seven and eight. Uh, but I, either way, I, I do think it's uh, it's a good move for the Jets, kind of a head scratcher for Carolina. But, you know, who knows? Uh, we've seen crazier things happen before, and uh, maybe they hope they can catch lightning in the bottom moving forward. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super glad you brought up the, the salary piece. I mean, I don't – I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, I, I know he's still, I would say, somewhat your guy. I don't know if he's at all your guy anymore, but, uh, you know, I just got to give my brutal take. You know, if I'm uh, – if I have $25 million, I think Sam Darnold's the last option I'm going with for tw- – like, I can spend that money so many so many better ways. Wow, he's, your, he's your last option? I mean, I mean, you, you got to throw me – you got to throw me some quarterback names or Josh something. Rosen. Okay, I'll, all right. All right. Sorry. I stand, I stand corrected. I mean, that that's – that's an outlier though. That's, that's, I mean, no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> out of, out of the 32 proposed starting quarterbacks. Yeah. I'll give you that. I'll, I'll, I'll take Justin Herbert for like six games a year for that over Sam Darnold for a whole season. <laughs> but but that, Hey, that's just me. You know, I'm just giving my, my brutally honest takes um, just going with the show. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, no, definitely, definitely interesting. I mean, I, it's, Something that, you know, obviously we, we talked about was in the works for so long and and, and finally it, it comes down the wire. I, I'm kind of surprised that Carolina uh, went for it. I just I guess they weren't they're not sold on Teddy Bridgewater. I, I'm not saying he's, uh you know, he's an absolute stud and, and you know, he's top top five or top ten even for that matter. But I don't think he's garbage. I, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know. I just if I'm Carolina, I would I just think that's a reckless move just because now you're you're going to swallow all that money you know you're kind of banking on Darnold to be something because if you're going to pay him 25 mil um you know he's got to be at least something for you so I don't know I would there's no way in hell I would have made that trade if I was Carolina but uh, I probably would have went out in the draft or or something uh to try and find another quarterback but hey you know I'm not a GM for a reason so they see something that I obviously don't let me let me spin you this they do have the eighth pick um and there are five potential quarterbacks out there we'll do a little bit of a, a try to you know match match or match the prospect to teams here obviously Trevor Lawrence is going number one in Jacksonville the Jets are certainly taking a quarterback whether it be Fields whether it be Wilson uh, you'd have to think the 49ers trading out from 12 to three you don't do that unless you're trading for a quarterback I have heard Mac Jones there which makes uh, almost next to zero sense to me uh, I think if you, you should probably take Fields or Wilson, whoever's left over there, either way. So that's kind of three of, of the guys, three of the five guys. The next, I guess, three or four picks, you have the Falcons at four, 
you have the Bengals at five, you have the Dolphins at six, and you have Detroit at seven. I, to me, I don't think any of those, any of those teams are going to take a quarterback. Maybe Detroit does if they want to have, you know, let's say Trey Lance sit behind Jared Goff for a couple of years. I, to be honest, I'd probably do that if I was them, if, if they like Trey Lance in the tape. He, he obviously didn't play last season, but coming out of a North Dakota uh, in an FBS school, it is kind of tough to get a read on how he's going to be doing um, at least his first year. So uh, maybe for the first couple of years, they sit him behind Goff and let him play out the rest of his contract. Either way, uh, if you're sitting there at number eight, I, I feel like there's a good possibility somebody squeaks out to you, whether it be Mac Jones, whether it be you know Trey Lance, whether – you know, God forbid it's Justin Fields shakes out to eight. Uh, it'd be great if you're, if you're Carolina, but um, are, if you're the GM for that team and you're the coach, are you sitting there licking your chops if one of those guys falls them or you're just kind of taking uh, maybe a receiver, maybe uh edge rusher, maybe a cornerback with that pick, or do you just, you know, are, I guess my question is, are you set with, with quarterback now that you have Darnold? Or are you looking to kind of improve that a little bit further if the right guy falls to you? No, I think, I think it's a great question. I, I, me, I, I'm taking a quarterback every single time if I'm in Carolina's shoes. I don't – Bridgewater, I, I think he's like a get-you-by type of guy. I don't think he's obviously great. I, I just – I like Bridgewater. I root for Bridgewater, so maybe that's part of it. But, um, you know, I don't think he's ever going to win you a Super Bowl. I don't even know if he can get you to the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, Sam Darnold, I, I'm the furthest thing from sold on. So, I, I'm definitely I'm, – I'm taking a quarterback. You know, I'm hoping Trey Lance or, you know um, – I'm not a big I'm not a big Mac Jones guy. I know he's he's a big guy. He can throw the deep ball. You know everybody's kind of high on him. Alabama played in big games, but uh, I I just I don't know. I, I'm not sold on Mac Jones. I think obviously uh, the Jets will swallow up Zach Wilson. Um, Justin Fields will probably probably I don't know. He, that's a, that's a a weird one. Um, I don't know where he'll drop. I don't know if he'll. He'll be in the top five. I, I'm not. I'm not sold on Justin Fields either, just because I, you know, tell me, show me an Ohio State quarterback that's done well in the NFL. I, I, <laughs> he's different. I, he's different. He's different. That, that's what they're saying. But I don't know. I, I heard the same thing with uh, Braxton Miller. I heard the same thing with uh, Dwayne Haskins. Hey, Braxton Miller would have been dope if he didn't hurt his shoulder. I stand by that. <laughs> hey, that, that's fair. That's fair. What? Uh, what was the other? Guy? There was one more. Dwayne Haskins. Troy Smith, right? JT Barrett. JT Barrett. Troy Smith. What? Troy Smith, right? Yeah, yeah. That was, that's going way back. Yeah, it's way back. Yeah. Hey, Joe uh, Burrow played at Ohio State though before LSU. Before though, before you know, before he went, then he went to a real school. Uh, but wow, <laughs> taking shots. He was zero five to start the season last year, but. <laughs> Hey, don't don't even get me started. That coach would be ran out of town if I was up there. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, like you know, going back to the question before before the tangent became uh, became the the focus. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely taking a quarterback. I'm I'm not taking Mac Jones. I'd probably take Justin Fields over Mac Jones just for the uh, you know Justin Fields can get out of the pocket a little bit better um, that type of thing. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a quarterback. I don't, I don't trust either of those guys going forward whatsoever uh, to get me where I want to go. Uh, so if, if they're not the answer, then uh, I'll go out and try and find the answer. If I'm, uh, if I'm in Carolina. I agree. Um, I would, I would certainly take any of those five guys. I, I, just sit him, sit him for a year or two. I, I'm always, you know, I, I like what the chiefs did with, with Patrick Mahomes. They obviously, I think they took him 10th, 10th to the 12 range back in 2017. 
Um, they had Alex Smith there who had a, had a pretty good year. Um, sat Patrick behind him. I think he played the last game of the season just because they were resting Alex Smith for the playoff run. Either way, you know, I do think that's kind of what happened with Darnold um, back in 2018. I think they rushed him. They probably should have played Bridgewater. They probably should have played McCown um, and had Darnold sit for a few weeks. And um, really the only guy I see is starting or being successful from day one is probably Trevor Lawrence. I think uh, that kid's going to be a stud. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be a, you know, top three quarterback in the league one day, but I think he'll certainly be top 10 from, from right out of the gate. Uh, Zach Wilson to me, uh, I'd probably sit him for a couple games, let him watch, um, learn by watching learning by watching is, is a phrase that the Jets staff has liked to use. I I think uh, going back to San Francisco and Robert Sala being the coordinator there, he wasn't a guy who just rushed his rookies right into action. Um, He let them sit and watch for, for at least a few games before putting them, you know, under the bright light. So, uh, if I'm if I'm Carolina and one of those guys squeaks to me, uh, I'll certainly snap him up. Um, they were they were down in the Senior Bowl, and, and each year I, I think one of the NFL teams and coaching staff gets to coach down there at the Senior Bowl, and, and they coach Mac Jones. So um, they saw him up close for for two weeks in practice, and then the game and and meetings and, and just around the facility, and saw how he conducted himself, um, saw how he was with other players, saw his leadership skills and things like that. So. If, if the 49ers end up not taking Mac Jones and they go with Trey Lance or Justin Fields and um, Jones ends up squeaking down to number eight, I, I would snap him up in a second. And um, while it might, might not pay off for you this season, I think that team is probably a couple years away from really doing damage anyway and uh, might make more sense to kind of be competitive here in the short term and especially in that tough division, um, really have an eye towards the future. Um, but, hey, you know, we don't, we don't get paid the big bucks, so we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. We might not get paid the big bucks, but we break it down like we get paid the big bucks. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Um, you know, quarterback heavy draft this year, I would say, especially in, in that that first round, the first, I would say, 10 to 15 picks. I think you're going to see a lot of those guys go. Um, give me give me a little rundown just because, you know, we're, we're kind of running thin on, on topics at the end of the show. I, I would say uh, on, on Zach Wilson, what, what do you see? What do you like? What what? uh what, what what does he do well? Would you say at this point? How much time do you got? Uh, I mean, I can be. I'm good till this evening, but I know I know you're on a. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I like. Yeah, I mean, I I think um I'm not 100 percent sold like a lot of Jets fans are. I think this fan is so starved for the next Joe Namath that we're really gonna take anybody. You could put a trash can under center, and uh, you could even put me back there. I think some fans would get excited just because it's a fresh face and it's just the start. It's a signal of something new. Uh, there's a lot of hope, uh, I think, on the horizon here for for a lot of Jets fans, myself included. But with Zach Wilson specifically, I think he can make any throw on the field. Uh, t- he reminds me of Derek Jeter slinging the ball over the first base, just the range of motion he has. He can yeah. run to his left, cock it back, chuck it right, throw to his run to his right, throw across field across his body with velocity. I think um, anytime you're looking at these college quarterbacks, you you try to see if if they can really have every every tool in the toolbox, and I kind of I kind of equate him to I I don't think he's Patrick Mahomes. I think a lot of people are really saying his arm talent's up there with the Mahomes with the Rodgers. I think that's pretty strong out of the gate. I'm certainly not there yet. I, I think he's a he's probably a better, more athletic version than a Baker Mayfield. I think he has a, a better throwing motion. I think he's a stronger arm. Um, we'll see if the leadership skills are there. I think he just from what, what interviews and, and, you know, some tape I've seen of him with the media, I think he is a pretty reserved guy, but 
Um, by all accounts, I think his teammates uh, rave rave about him. Um, he does come from an interesting background. He he wasn't really recruited much out of out of high school. Um, his family, his dad actually played college football at Utah, and he that was his dream school was was to play um, at the University of Utah. But they ended up not recruiting him much, and and BYU came and swooped him up and um, kept him in state. So um, really, has had a chip on his shoulder right from right from the gate there. Um, was able to start as a freshman, had a great freshman season, um, went 18 for 18 in a bowl game and, and won that game his freshman year. Um, going into his sophomore year, actually had a, a pretty bad shoulder injury and um, ended up breaking his hands, only played about four or five games. Um, and then it was really an open open quarterback competition coming into this past season at BYU just because um, it was really – no one was really sure how, how Wilson was going to react and, and how his shoulder was doing. So – he ended up winning um, the quarterback competition with really not much difficulty. Um, went into this season and obviously lit it up. And, you know, if anyone's seen the bowl game tape out there against UCF, he was an absolute maniac out there slinging the rock. So I look at a guy who really can make any throw under the sun. I just kind of question the competition that BYU played. It's it's really a, the question that anybody has when when coming to, to Zach Wilson and talking about this guy. Because if you look at a lot of the, his tape, his film – um, he had clean pockets left and right. He had five, six seconds to throw the ball. And um, the, based off the Jets track record and, and the historically in the NFL and, and rookie quarterbacks won't have that much time um, to sit back there and, and, and dice it up. But uh, either way, I think he's certainly a better prospect than Donald coming out. Um, I think he'll be a much better quarterback, at least the first few years. And it really is on Joe Douglas and the Jets to surround him with um, with offensive line talent, but also receivers and running backs who can really support him and play complimentary football. So um, I think just based off the system they're going to run, they're going to play this Shanahan um, kind of spread you out wide zone type of uh, type of offense here. So that, that really suits Zach Wilson well. And I think it'll ultimately be a pretty good start to his career and really up to him and on how he really uh, comes into his own and, and takes off. But uh, I think Wilson for sure is, is my, is my pick. and would be my pick at, at the number two spot. You, you make a, you make very good arguments. I, I think, um, you know, coming out of college, I remember, um, damn, I just had a complete mind blank. Sam Darnold, uh, you know, kind of turned the ball over a little bit. I, I, I look so at Zach. Wilson. Yeah. That, that was my concern. You know, if you if you do that in college, like, you know, that it's only going to, unless you really change everything about your game or, or your decision-making, I'll say, um, you know, that that's going to be even worse in the NFL. Uh, just the fact that I know he played at a smaller school, but I, I see the one season he had like three picks. That might have been a, his, his most recent uh, season here I'm looking at. But, um, you know, I, I would at least have have hope. I, I You know, Darnold from the start, I just wasn't – I mean, I know he can make every throw, you know, on the field when when he does, but how often would he actually do that? And and I saw Darnold play uh, way back in, in the bowl game against Penn State um, – I wasn't, I just, I don't know. I wasn't sold on him. Not that I know a, a ton about Zach Wilson, but I, I would at least feel a little bit better with this draft pick, at least, you know, see what this kid can do. Um, you know, I, I think them letting, Fl- I know Flacco signed with the Eagles, but I think if, if they, if I was the Jets, I would have tried to, you know, keep Flacco around one more year, yeah. learn, learn from a guy that, that's been, you know, pretty successful in the playoffs. Uh, you know, he's even beat Tom Brady. I know a couple of times. Uh, in the playoffs and, and a guy that has a Super Bowl that I think that would have been a, a good mentor for him. I don't know who else they have on their on their quarterback depth chart anymore. 
you, yeah, you might. They need to sign a backup. It's in, I, I would have loved for them to sign Flacco as well. Um, I think he only played in like three or four games this year, but showed some showed some things that he can still play. I mean, at least be a nice sure. backup. I know Alex Smith is still out there. I wouldn't really hate that. I, I do get worried every time he uh, <laughs> drops back to pass. But as a mentor and, and maybe playing in spot duty, maybe he plays the first three or four games of the season um, before turning things over to Wilson. I, I certainly wouldn't hate that whatsoever. Um, and, and I just, I just above all, want them to get someone who's going to be a mentor and, and basically going to take Zach under his wing or, you know, whether it's Fields or Wilson, whoever it is, take them under the wing and really show, show them how to be a pro um, and really get them up to snuff in terms of reading defenses, playbook. Um, like I said, just being an all-round, well-rounded professional. Um, so I certainly wouldn't mind Alex Smith. I know Brian Hoyer has been talked about. Uh, Nick Mullins. Um, I think Blaine Gabbard has been talked about a little bit, but uh, I certainly wouldn't mind uh, Alex Smith, to say the least. Yeah, what about uh, Jacoby Brissett? Uh, I can never say his name. Jacoby Brissett. No, no chance. No chance. Whoa. I think, I, he, might <laughs> be on, he might be on Miami right now, to be honest. Hey, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to pick through a list of like. No, three. hey, it's a thin list, my friend. It's a thin list. Uh, I don't. Even, I mean, I don't even know. Um, Brian right. Hoyer visited the team last week. I don't. I think they're still going to communicate. I don't know if anything's really been solidified yet. I wouldn't mind him. He. I mean, he's not going to win any games, but uh, at least he'll be able to like. You know, he played in San Francisco, knows that offense, where the Jets staff is coming from, uh, can really mentor a young guy, knows his role at this point. But, again, if he had if he had to play, it's like a guaranteed loss. So, uh, it just depends on what the Jets want to do. Yeah, I mean, I think this season, I mean, I wouldn't put an enormous pressure on their coach, obviously, first-year coach. Right. Um, you know, even if they go, if they win two games, I mean, I, I'm not going to blame the coach. Uh, especially, you know, we don't like you said. We don't really know who's going to play quarterback. I, I, I'm of the mindset. I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw Zach Wilson into that team yet because they're not, they're not really built to succeed on offense. Like, you know, who knows if he'll even be protected well enough. So it's like, why well, get a guy banged up? And and you know, kind of like the Joe Burrow thing. I mean, he was getting the shit beat out of him all last season, and right. you know, look where that got him. So um, yeah, I, I think. I mean, I see. I don't know. If, <laughs> I mean, you got Blake Bortles. I don't know if he he's signed anywhere. I'm just like trying to pick uh, Nick Mullins. Actually, I don't mind Nick Mullins. I don't know if he signed with 49ers. No, he's but... he's out there. I wouldn't mind him. Um, I mean, he knows he, he can play a little bit. Else. He's not he's not bad. Like I'm I'm the first to tell you. I, I think Jimmy G is one of the most overrated players in the league. <laughs> so uh, they put Mullins in there, and the team didn't look that much worse with Mullins. So I, I mean. Agree. I I I throw Nick Mullins a couple mil to come and, and play. I mean he's he's not exactly like a a seasoned veteran, but he he's been around a little bit at least. Hey, no, for sure. Uh, I think I think uh, you should certainly call up Joe Douglas and see where his head's at because those are all great points. But no, to be honest, it is a it is a season of of hope uh, for me. I'm going to temper my expectations on rookie quarterback performance this year and just overall team performance. Like you said, they have a rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, and relatively new uh, GM. But, again, I like the direction we're going in. It's certainly a lot better um, than under than where we were under Adam Gase. That's the understatement of the century. Uh, but either way, folks, um, you know, we, we will have some draft coverage next week. And uh, the week after that, we'll probably drop an episode just before draft week as well, um, before everything kicks off there out in Cleveland um, for the NFL draft. But, yeah, pre- appreciate uh, you all tuning in. I know it's been a, been a minute. 
uh, since we dropped the pod, but uh, nonetheless, appreciate you, and we'll be back next week for sure. Yep, uh, just like you said, you know, I look forward to, to going forward with uh, the draft, and you know, hopefully the MLB stays as, stays as exciting as it's been, and and you know, we got pretty much all the major sports happening at one time, so I can't complain, and uh, I look forward to just keep doing it.